Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, the show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett. In his new setup, Rob is very excited. If you're watching on YouTube and, you know, if you're listening on audio, you need to get over to the YouTube channel to just to see rob's new setup i think he is, is you really have to rob's gone full youtuber hasn't he look at this background look at this mic and everything so yes it was time scott like i've had all this equipment and gear for a little bit and you know most people are used to that shot the old masterclass shot across with the back no one's really interested are they really let's be honest scott but i think it's for us when you try and make these things and do all these pernickety things and make sure they're right mic levels and lighting and all of this stuff is that you kind of get so far with it and then you're like right i'm happy with that now so yeah this is going to be the new look and this is for my live shows for my my other channel so when i'm doing more live stuff and united content in the weeks ahead this is kind of what you're going to see underscore rob underscore b on youtube and x if you want to Go and subscribe to Rob's channels or follow him. That's where you can do that. I'm at double underscore Scott Saunders on X, Instagram and TikTok and at TPL MUFC for the show as well. Uh, We're talking after Man United beat Wigan 2-0 in the FA Cup. We're also talking after, um, you know, our last show, Rob, was quite... It got some attention, which was nice. It was a, Hmm. a bit of an outlier from what we usually do on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, to every, anybody who is new and watching and subscribed recently, we had a bunch of new subscribers. Thanks for subscribing. Uh, hopefully we can keep your attention for a little while. We do try and not shout and scream. As difficult as it is sometimes. Try our best. Man United, we try <laughs> our very best not to shout and scream and bring a little bit of reason to what we are talking about because that's not the way that everyone usually does it. But hopefully that's what people come here to get their fill off. So we'll we'll try and do that as best we can moving forward. We're going to talk today about that Wigan game. Players on the pitch, some academy products, actually. All, all the players in my notes are from the academy. So we'll talk about Kobe. We'll talk about Garnacho. We'll talk about Rashford. I don't know whether we want to talk about Casemiro as well, who's been absent for a while, but has been in the news over the last week or so, or part of the debate. And then there's a bunch of people sat in the stands nowadays 
that uh, is quite interesting. Uh, we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. But subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube, The Promised Land and Manchester United Podcast. Like the video, subscribe, leave a comment, and hit the notification bell as well so you never miss a show. Apple, Google, Spotify, and the likes for the audio as well if you'd like to subscribe there. But uh, where do you want to start, Rob? Where do you want to start? Well, I suppose we start at the FA Cup because that was last night with Wigan, wasn't it? So 2-0 win, kind of comprehensive performance. It wasn't really too worrying. But it's just about getting through, isn't it? Especially when you see that, you know, Arsenal are out of the competition now. You're out of Europe. You've got to try and win something this season, haven't you, Scott? So the FA Cup, I think, gives Man United a route towards a trophy this season. Though I'm not quite sure that's the priority in terms of fixing this football team. Yep. Uh, Tottenham play Man City in the next round of the Cup as well. So that's another big team going out. United could travel to my ends. I was born in Newport, Rob. Were you? I know it's your neck of the woods. Yep, definitely. So that uh, I, I quite like that. I'm quite like that United have have drawn teams from the, the lower echelons because I think that's kind of what the early rounds of the FA Cup are about. I don't really like United playing Premier League teams or or whatnot, though, of course, Wigan are not a Premier League team. Um, but yeah, I, I'm happy to see Man City draw Premier League teams uh, and uh, they can all knock each other out of the competition. Yeah, fingers crossed. And uh, United, we need something to shout about this season because there ain't too much to shout about. So maybe a cup run will be quite welcome. But Newport or Eastleigh are awaiting in round four. Be a big game for whichever of those teams gets United. And uh, we'll we'll look ahead to that when the time comes. But we'll be looking back for now, as Rob mentioned, at the Wigan game. Mm. There were... So many chances missed. Um, as, although I suppose the encouraging thing was that they were making chances. But this is where you have to be, isn't it? Like you have to create the chances to be able to score the goals. And I think United are definitely caught between a rock and a hard place with a creativity. So sometimes creativity isn't there. And then other days it is there. I think like against Wigan, they made the opportunities but my God, Scott, like how many chances did they miss yesterday in that game? You know, you're playing League One Wigan. You should be able to get in their box and punish them. I think the game at the end of the day in reflection should have been kind of four, five, six nil. You come away with a two nil with a, a penalty that I think people, you know, were debating afterwards about whether it was a penalty or not. Not for me. Can we just like, talk. Excuse- can we just talk about that? Like, yeah, let's do it. Let's it was not a penalty. What, what? What do you mean? What do you think is not, not a penalty? A penalty. I think it's a penalty. No, I, I think it's a penalty as well. I think the reaction to it is just completely unbelievable. Oh, look, it's Man United. Let's talk about them. That exactly. Is... That's kind of why we didn't lead yeah. on the show. Like, we could do a thumbnail, couldn't we? And go, was Bruno's penalty a penalty? And that could be our, our big YouTube shebang today. Not really, no, because it's boring and it's wrong. So it was a penalty. And and I think the whole thing is that... Plenty of people will be dining out on that, by the way, for the next... Oh, of week. course they will be. And that's that's the world we live in, isn't it? That's football. Um, I, I think the whole thing is that... It's interesting, isn't it, seeing these FA Cup games, Scott, with no VAR. It's really interesting to see what the flow's like. Now, I think we've seen in this previous weekend quite a few what I would call bad decisions that VAR would have caught. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Red cards, penalties, whatever you want to call them. Now, I understand why people push against VAR because a lot of it has been a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? Especially the way they've they've handled it, the PGMOL. I think you saw last night that in that replay, you could see what the referee could see. Yeah, He was 10 foot away 
and it's toe-to-toe. And what people don't realise is the referee even hears that contact. Like, when he's there in the moment, even though it's loud in a stadium, you can hear a foot-to-foot. You can do. So he'd have heard that, and you saw he kind of thought about it, didn't he, for about five seconds? He kind of looked and went, how much of a foul is that? Well, it is a foul in my brain. Therefore, that is, I have to stop the game. Therefore, that is a penalty. I don't know why people want to debate it and why pundits want to debate it so much and go, oh, but how much of a foul is it? Well, a foul is a foul in that context. Yeah, and... you do know why, because they want to get people enraged. They want people to click what they're talking about and comment ah. and engage with it. That, that That's why. Absolutely. And we know this. And that's kind of why we try not to do that bit on our show. Um, and Although we're doing it now. <laughs> well, it's Bruno, isn't it? Yeah, so, well, do you know the funny thing is I'm sure there'll be people in our comments going... Oh, it was a penalty. It wasn't a penalty. It's just, it's kind of, it's okay. People can debate it. It's just that, is it the most important thing to kind of talk about? And, you know, as you said, people will be dining out on it this morning and last night, doing hours of content on was it a penalty or was it not a penalty? I'm sure Talk Sport have done a whole two hour segment on did Man United cheat Wigan, you know, last night and should Wigan have won? But no, it was a penalty. Uh, It's not just Bruno. I think any footballer in the world who gets a contact there in the box in front of the referee is going to go down and they should because if they don't go down Scott guess what happens you don't get the penalty probably because the referee goes oh it wasn't that bad then was it so it shouldn't work like that but it does it looked to me like he had his toe stubbed and I know he grabbed his ankle or his shin but yeah. you know this this that's I I saw people comparing it to the Jota one the other day. We took about five steps before falling over. It's not the same thing. <laughs> well, that's anyway. the difference, isn't it? Like simulation is like, it's like, is there a foul? Maybe. But then if you're going to go like, do you know, it had Bruno um, taken that foul yesterday, rolled around 12 times and held his head. Then you could have gone, mm, that's simulation. That's not, that's not right. He's He's trying to con the referee there. But I think it was toe-to-toe, and those do hurt in those boots that they wear. Mm-hmm. They, those, yeah. those boots have literally got one layer of leather skin on them or, or pro, like a prosthetic version of it. And if, if you get stubbed there toe-to-toe at 10 miles an hour, bang into your foot, it does hurt. So it, it was a foul, and, and there's nothing really to talk about there. But United were kind of lucky, I think, to get that penalty so they could bury the game. Because at 1-0, I didn't feel good, Scott. I don't know about you. How did you feel? I never thought really that United would, as soon as they scored, I never really thought they'd lose or be yeah. taken to a replay. It was more a case of, yeah, I, I know it was Wigan, but they, they did create a lot of chances. On another day, maybe that some of those chances go in. Like, I think the, the Hoyland header, for example, uh, kind of hit the top of his head, didn't it? And then hit the bar. But, uh, you know, he's getting a lot of stick, actually. Rasmus Hoyland, but there's some players on the pitch last night that got a lot of praise. And like I say, I know it is Wigan, but what I did tweet during was, you know, I'd have a few problems, but they also have two really, really good academy products, don't they? Which one Very do you want to take good. first? You, I'm not you talking about Rashford, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Rashford in a bit. Um, because I know he... Well, Ra- Rashford had significant impacts on the game, but it's just... He's, I think somebody said after the game he's developing bad habits, and that that is a that is absolutely nailed on true. For me, I, d- I think your player of the match is different, but mine was Cobby. I think he, I thought he was absolutely different class, another level. He's United's best midfielder. How encouraging or sad 
is that. You know, it's uh, he's just got all of the everything you need really in a modern midfielder. Uh, he can chase back. He's got composure. He can play in the corner, flick the ball over his head, bring the ball down like it was nothing. And I know he's playing against players that he should be standing out against given his talent levels, but he's done this in other games as well. So it's not a case of, oh, well, you're reacting so heavily when you only played Wigan, you know? But we've seen enough of Cobby to say that now he should be in the team every week. Absolutely. Look, I'm a little bit of a glass half full guy when it comes to these things. So <clears throat> when we talked about Cobby over the past, like you just said there, did we, you know, I might have a different man in the match. Not for me. No, Cobby's my man in the match. Absolutely. I thought Why it was Garnacho. He... No, Garnacho for me was the guy that made the most happen in the final third. So you're going to get plaudits for that. And I'm really impressed with what he's doing positionally. So we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But I think with Cobby, you need players in midfield to control certain elements of what you're doing yeah as a football team and that's what Manu does Manu gets the ball on the deck and he just you know we talk about the whole Rolls Royce thing isn't it about with players you know we just call Varane the Rolls Royce because of the way he glides Manu does that for me he's absolutely to get plays the game at his pace never rushes always picks a good ball and when he does make a mistake Scott you do kind of go oh that's a surprise not used to seeing Cobby give the ball away there like oh dear but he's a young kid, isn't he? You just said there, you know, is it kind of sad we're relying on this kid? Not at all. Not for me. I think if you're good enough, you're old enough, and you deserve your chances, we know Ten Hag has said plenty of time that he won't pick anyone in this team. Not quite sure this is true, but this is what he says, that he doesn't think believes opportunity. And I think when you look at Cobby, yeah, against Wigan, you should be okay, shouldn't you? But he's been brilliant in the Premier League nonstop. Like, he, he really has all the way through. I think Jager Delo won man of the match last night. Yeah, that was mad. Okay. Yeah, great goal. You know, he put the ball away nicely. He wasn't man of the match. Just Let's just make that quite clear. Um, but I think when you look at Manu and you look at Garnacho, Scott, you have to build around these guys now. Like, if you're not very good, stick with your youth, build it, and get rid of all the rest of them. <laughs> like So, you know, we'll talk about some of the older players in the team as well today, but I feel great about Manu. And I have for a long time, like we, we were out there, weren't we, in Vegas on the tour and he was injured and we were gutted because we were desperate to see him in the flesh to see how far he'd come along and was he ready for the Premier League. I think you're seeing, Scott, he's very much ready to be the star at United. He's the best midfielder at the football club. You know, I read yesterday as well, someone tweeted quite prominently that Casemiro is the best midfielder at Manchester United. Okay, you can believe that if you don't watch Man United. The best midfielder at Man United is Manu. No doubt about it. Most talented, technically, he's the one who, for me, is going to go on and could be a huge superstar for Man United. We haven't seen Kobe and Casemiro together yet. Casemiro is back in training and team training, I believe, along with Lisandro Martinez. Yeah. So fingers crossed, the injuries start to clear up. There's lots of illness as well. It just seems like United have had illness for about six weeks. Yeah. Well, I've been coughing for about six weeks as well, Scott. We've been saying it's you and me, like runny noses and all that. So it's going around, isn't it? I think in a training ground as well, it can be rife because if you get one or two people sick. It's been people ill, I think, for about eight weeks. Like, I think yeah. it started about eight weeks ago before Christmas. And, um, and yeah, they've been dealing with that because I think that does affect your selections, definitely. Yeah. Garnacho obviously played on the right-hand side. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like he's a little bit more unpredictable 
And maybe it's just because we're used to seeing Anthony cutting on his left foot every single time. Yeah. Uh, but Garnacho can kind of do both. There was a moment that we talked about before we started recording where he crossed the ball to Hoyland, which was uh, something we don't see. We say unpredictable in, in the context of when we watch Man United, isn't it? Like, we don't cross the ball very well. We don't go on the outside very well. But in the context of, like, normal football, that's really what your right-sided wide player should be doing, you know, varying it up. What we've seen with Anthony, of course, is that he cuts on his left all the time, every time, 100% of the time. Um, I've been really impressed with him, Scott, on the right. Like, it, he's never played there before. He's always played either left side. He's played a bit, little bit of 10 when he was a kid, and he's played as a striker before. But you can see he's got loads of sensibility on the right. You know, he's not right-footed. He's two-footed. And it, it means that he can kind of do all sorts of things. And you can see there's something active in his head. Even though he's a kid, like he's only a teenager, isn't he, going into his 20s. Is that is is this boy thinking? Do you know what? There's number nine in the box, so I'm going to go outside this time and swing it in. Now, Hoyland, I think three three big opportunities in this game and messed them all up. So you know that's bad on Rasmus, and he's going to get criticism for that. But you've got to start crossing the ball for him to be able to get those chances. So if you keep Garnacho there at right side, I'm already thinking Scott first choice now for me. Garnacho starts on the right. And obviously, if you're going to go with Rashford and Rashford's going to get any run, it's probably more likely he's going to be on the left. So it's going to be Anthony that drops out. And obviously, Jaden Sancho won't be at the football club to affect any of that. Yeah, uh, Garnacho is, uh, he's really taking his chance, isn't he? It's, uh, it's really encouraging to see just him getting on with it, really. I think he'd never played on the right side before never. this recent run. And uh, <clears throat> he, I, I was actually quite surprised that his left foot... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I mean, he rattled the crossbar, didn't he, with a, a left foot swinger? Uh, just goes to show, really, he's got some. He's got more things to offer, it seems, mm. on that on that side. And there's obviously talk about uh, Facundo Pellistri who came on, yeah. potentially leaving on loan, or maybe even I think loan loan to buy could even be. Uh, what that says about Ten Hag and his opinion on him, who knows? But I think if if Garnacho can keep playing as he is on the right-hand side. I think he's the right answer there, at least until things work out with uh, the injuries. Yeah, definitely. Or as you go forward, Scott, and even into next season, if you're looking for a permanent home for Garnacho on a football pitch and you're going to stay with Rashford, then you're going to have to play Garnacho somewhere else, isn't it? <clears throat> Excuse me, still coughing away. So I, I think this is the way it goes, is that even though Garnacho's made his name on that left-hand side, you don't want Garnacho missing minutes now, do you? just to accommodate your big earner in Marcus Rashford. I think the right-hand side, if it's Anthony versus Garnacho as time goes forward, it's kind of no competition for me. Like, we know that Ten Hag loves Anthony and what Anthony can do, but the truth is no goals, no assists in about the last 30 games means that Anthony should not be starting any time ahead of Garnacho. Whatever the wage, whatever the age, none of that matters. It's all about performance, and I think... Garnacho for me now, just very natural on that right-hand side. Left foot, right foot, comfortable. Looked quite good with Wambasaka as well. I like that combination. Wambasaka was kind of inverting and going to support. That's really important. And we'll see more of that in the week's head. And I, th I think Garnacho that could be his permanent position in this Man United team. Maybe for many years to come. Who knows? It might have to be if they do persist with Rashford, as we were saying just now. Um what did you make of his performance? Because he did some good things, but mm. there's this 
I know bad bad habits have been mentioned. That's what I was thinking all throughout it, to be honest. Like he does this thing where he gets the ball and just stops. Yeah. And it's so annoying. I know. <laughs> it's it's so annoying because nobody knows what to do. And often more often than not, he stops and then he has to just go backwards or out wide anyway and make a make a pass up there because he's everyone's able to get back into the position to stop him doing anything. Yeah. It's a little street football hangover where street footballers go, look, I'm going to go one-on-one here. Like, you know, again, basketball, NBA, isolation, basketball, you run at people, you kind of do a trick and get past them. Rashford's like, oh, watch me do that. But it doesn't really work. Let's be honest, does it? It's it's a <clears throat> it's a bad habit, but it's also, I think, shows where Rashford is in his head, is that he's trying to kind of create, in, trying to create stuff rather than just playing in the flow of the game. Um, what I'm going to say about Marcus Scott isn't controversial at all, but... I think this is the reality we're in. And that is, for me, his work rate still isn't good enough. So in that game yesterday, Wigan showed United from almost the first minute that we are going to play out from the back. We're a League One team. You're a Premier League team. But we're going to show you we can play out from the back. This is what we do every week. This is our kind of brand of football. And all United had to do, Scott, was do a little bit of pressing. If you did a little little bit of pressing, you win this game 5 or 6 nil on the counter-press. It's that easy. But for me, Marcus, on that left-hand side, if you say compare the work rate between Garnacho on the opposite side, it just doesn't mirror itself. And and to me, that's a big worry is that here we are with, you know, new part owners, Jim Ratcliffe era beginning, seeing Ineos sat in the stands, thinking everyone should be really on it, on their toes to, to show that they're worthy of their places. And for me, Marcus is drifting through matches. So he's still probably one of your better players. He's definitely one of your highest paid players you're probably going to start him more on the left than not start him. But you're playing Wigan. Like, go out there and show that you're you're everything. Like, you know, that you're an international footballer and that you're one of Man United's best forwards. We didn't get that performance, but we haven't got that performance for a while, Scott. And I'm worried about his work rate. That's the way I look at this, is that United were very disjointed in the press yesterday. And all they had to do was do a tiny bit of pressing. Might have had that one game at halftime. Could have been 3-0, 4-0. You could take Rashford off then, couldn't you? They could have a bit of a holiday, have a day off before Spurs. So not great for Marcus, not great. And I don't know how that gets better. I think that actually shows maybe some of the feeling with individuals in the squad with Ten Hag at the moment, with Sancho going out the door and maybe mates not being given game time. It does affect players. And I think Rashford is one of those players that has been affected over the last six months. It shouldn't affect him, but it clearly is. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. That's a problem in itself, though, isn't it? If you yeah. want your mates to play, that's just an indication of... Schoolyard, isn't it? Yeah, it's just an indication of broken culture, which is what the manager is trying to fix. Mm. And, you know, how do, how do you solve that problem? Do you play him through it? Do you hope that things turn around? Do you do the thing that everybody's... Not everybody's too scared to say, but, I mean, there, there's certainly a, a section of people... I. I if you're listening to this, I'm sorry if you disagree. Sell, even, hmm. at some point. I think Jim Ratcliffe is going to be really ruthless with this squad in the next 
12 to 24 months. Everybody's neck is on the chopping block, including Eric Ten Hag's. So I think I think when you're running a football club or how Man United should be, and you like you use the culture word there because we hear that it's a buzzword in football all the time. Sometimes, Scott, it's just about doing your job. Like, just do your job. Just press. I don't care whether you care about Jaden or X, Y, or Z, or whether you earn 300 grand a week or 400 grand a week or 10 pence. I'm not interested in that. Turn up, do your job, run around, score some goals, win some games, go home, finished. I think what you see with Marcus is that he's clearly unhappy for whatever reason. And if his aspirations do not match what the football club want to do in the next year, then you have to transfer list people and say goodbye. And if you don't work for us, we can't do a lot for you. That's how it should be. So I, I like Marcus Rashford. You know, I I like who he is and what he is and how he represents United in the past. He got his big contract. I think he earned that contract last year, Scott. But if you're not doing it and you don't play, you don't get picked. And it's up to Eric Ten Hag to be brave, Scott, to do that. If he thinks Marcus isn't helping me enough, so I'm going to put him on the bench. And I'm all for that. Do you know what I'm not for? Is treating players differently. So if you're going to do it to Sancho and bin him, great, fine. But do it to everyone then. Do it to every player across the squad. And I think that is maybe the narky bit at Man United at the moment, is that some players do believe that other players get preference. That's the truth. That's what's coming out of the camp. And that is why you've got a little bit of disharmony. Now, it's up to Eric Tenal to pick the team. But eventually... That does come back to bite you because players will only go so far and support you. Yet other players, Scott, have done it. Look at Maguire come back into the team, didn't he? And proved himself. You know, you can't get rid of Scott McTominay. He seems to play all the time. So there are there's levels there. And I think, you know, will, will we see Anthony start against Tottenham? Maybe. Should he? Absolutely not. So that, that, that's a balancing point, I think, for Ten Hag. And that, if, that's for every manager to balance that out. And I think with Rashford... Yeah, you're running out of patience with him, and rightfully so. Yeah, obviously, there was noise about Casemiro uh, yes. last week and whether they should sell. And maybe we'll talk about that in a second. And if you're saying, oh, well, sell Casemiro, he's one of the high earners, why not ask the, ask the question about Rashford as well? We just we just mm. did. Um, it is... I think, I think you're right, Rob. Nobody should be off limits here. This should be, no. if you want to reset, every, everybody's got to be fighting for their position and there is no nobody has a divine right to play if you if you're doing your job you play if you don't you don't and that that's the way it should be and i think uh i think you're right rob when you say rashford deserved his new contract but my question to that would be yeah he deserved a new contract did he deserve that new contract Mm. in the sense of the wage bill is so inflated beyond belief. I think he earns comparable to most of what most Salah earns. And yeah, I've made this comparison much. before. One player is doing it for six, seven seasons in a row, 20 goals a season. Uh, mm. And yeah, he's had, he's had some criticism as well, but you know the output that you're getting. Whereas with Rashford, it's 30 goals one season, three the next. <laughs> you know? So, Salah's um, worth every penny. Salah's worth every penny. Like so Again, some of the tweets when we talked about this last week, people were like, oh, but Salah earns that money, so maybe Marcus should earn this money. Again, I think it's it should be performance-related, though no football contract is really based like that. You do get those performance-related deals where players come into your team. Um, and it happens in other sports as well. Baseball is the classic one where someone goes and hits X amount of home runs in a season next year, gets paid and then doesn't hit one home run ever again. So it does happen in other sports. But I think the thing is with Marcus is that 
it's about why this is not working, Scott. So there's disaffection in the camp, but I don't care. I don't care about the disaffection. Like, sort your head out, get on with your job, and there's only so much you can help players with at the end of the day. Marcus isn't happy. That's fine. Marcus has had stuff happen away from United. That's fine. But when you're on that football pitch, press, work hard, and show that you're there to win. And if he doesn't, Scott, drop him. And that's it. And that's all Ten Hag can do. Problem is, Scott, I'm not sure Ten Hag sticks to that all the time. I think Ten Hag has to go, I, this is my best team, so I'm going to kind of bite the bullet here. We've seen him change it. He dropped Marcus for those two or three games, and he was right to do that. Will he be right to do that in the in the weeks ahead? Like, you know, hopefully. Hopefully, I think that's the way it should be. And I think that's what, what Jim Ratcliffe will be telling Ten Hag. He'll be saying... Right, if you don't think these players can do it, drop them and we'll get rid of them and don't worry about it. Like, don't worry too much. Your job is to win football matches and coach the team. Um, I still think, Scott, as well, we can talk about coaching a little bit more. And like, you look at that game last night and say, why were United pressing? Were they coached to? Were they told to? Were they? Did they try and play a little bit more isolation and slow the game down? I don't know. But I think with Marcus, I, I think it's a problem that's going to run and run. I don't think it's the last time we'll be talking about it. Do you want to do a word on Casemiro currently? Yeah, let's do, let's do a little bit of Casemiro and I think Varane in that as well. And, you know, we've been criticised a little bit, or I have been, about why we've talked about it as we have. Um, we knew several months ago that both of their agents were talking to other parties. So, like, this is not new, yeah? This is not... We, we know that there's the Saudi link there. We know that both players opted to stay at Man United. That was their choice. So that's where they were coming off the back of the summer. Uh, we also know that Casemiro made it relatively public a few months ago that he, he regretted that decision and we should probably gone. So that's OK. And I think you're getting to a transfer window now. We're in it and we've got another one coming. So Casemiro is going to end up back in the team, Scott, because you've got to use him at some point, you know. But I don't think his long term future is at Man United and United will be looking for suitors and he'll be looking for a route out. Do I think like you just talked there extensively about Kobe Manu? You know, you said, right, oh, we'll see Casemiro and Manu together. Well, will Ten Hag play, yeah, will Ten Hag play Manu <laughs> in the eight? Well, there's no suggestion of that. I don't think he will. I don't think Ten Hag likes him in the eight. Would I play him in the eight? Absolutely every single week. Yes, I think you would too. But Casemiro will come back in. If you're playing 4-1-4-1, he's playing in the single pivot. Yeah, so he's the six. Do you, Will you lose games if Casemiro's playing the six? Yes, you will. You will. He'll get outrun and he'll get outworked. So that's the problem here. And it's probably better to find him a new home. Get him out of the football club and let Manu carry on and find better midfielders that can do what you want them to do. Uh, and I think that's where you are with Casemiro. So we'll carry on talking about him. I, he'll come back into the team and he might even have some good games. Like we might be sat here going, oh, haven't we missed Cass? Look how well he's played. That might happen, but it's only going to be a short body of work, Scott. I think we're coming to the end of the season. Even at the back end of January, we might be saying, please go and buy a midfielder. Because I think Man United are desperately in need of reinforcements in midfield. We'll see what happens uh, with Casemiro. We've obviously discussed this at length yeah. in past shows. What do you think of Joe Bellingham, Scott? Talk to me. No. not for Why? Me. Go for it. Why? I think it's a lot of this kid's name. It personally. is. There's a lot of that. I think there's a lot of that. I think... Uh, there's one of the Bellingham brothers that is destined for Real Madrid. <laughs> I'm not going to say both. He's already there. I think he? <laughs> he's already there. Exactly. Yeah. And I think you missed out on him 
you know, maybe, but I, I think I don't think Joe Bellingham is gonna reach the levels of anywhere near his brother personally. I don't think he reached the levels of his brother because I think his brother is very special, and I think his brother is going to potentially be the best player in the world in the next few years. Like he's that good. Does that mean you ignore Job or what he is? Um, I mention him because I think he's more of an example rather than being the perfect example. Is that you could go get these players that are incredibly talented and develop them and bring them in-house. I look at Job. Do I think he's Jude? No. I think he's going to be a very, very good Premier League player. I'll put my neck on the block. I think he's got all of the all-round talent that you could you could have. If he was in our squad now, Scott, if he was in our youth setup, we'd be asking for him to start games like Cobby. So it's I don't think the levels are there. I think Cobby's better. I really do. And I think Cobby's going to be fantastic. But I, like you saw Joby the other day, and he, he struggled in the FA Cup, and he should do because he's a kid, yeah? And he should struggle in that environment, and it's there to test him. But for me, that is the kind of profile of player you go and look at and go and buy next, not your Casemiro's, not that level. Not Don't go looking at people who've got Champions Leagues just because. Go find the next level of talent. It's a shame for him that his brother is who he is. That's why he won't wear Bellingham on his shirt. He said it, I don't want to be my brother. I'm Job. That's why he puts Job on his shirt. And I think someone's going to pick him up pretty much at the end of this season. And I think we'll be talking about him as a Premier League player next season. I think he's really, really good. I've watched a lot of him, studied him, looked at his metrics, looked at his numbers. He's got all the raw talent to go and be a top-class Premier League footballer. Might not be his brother, but he's going to be very good. I agree like with Phil the, Neville. Phil Neville was general... a good Premier League player, wasn't he? He wasn't Gary Neville, but he was still he was still viable. He's still very good at what he did. He was still a, an international footballer. Um, not 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 a ledge, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but I, I think Job's got a massive future in front of him. I agree with the general point of the profile of uh, yeah. the age of of the players you should be going after, rather than your thirty year olds who are who've won Champions Leagues and that kind of thing. You need players who are going to sit with you for five to ten years, really, and develop under whichever coach you have in a style of play mm. that you're trying to integrate and just become, you know, synonymous with in a sense. I just think there's plenty of options out there. So that that's why I'd maybe Definitely. look elsewhere. But uh, the people who will be implementing that kind of thing were sat in the stands at Wigan. Jim Ratcliffe wasn't, not that I saw. Mm, but no. you did see, I think there was Colette Roach there, John Murta, um, Jean-Claude Blanc, Dave Brailsford, I think Patrick Stewart was there. And David Gill, which mm. is interesting. We're starting to see David Gill a lot more involved, or pu- at least publicly, it seems like. Hey, David, tell us about how things used to run here and <laughs> why things used to work and maybe why they don't now. I don't know. Well, what, David, what do you, do you want a that? job? <laughs> maybe. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? And But also for me, not a surprise at all, because I think this is what we heard with Ineos and how they want to do it. So Ineos are going to dig into the past, find out what worked before, look at now the present and go into the future with a kind of kind of set of advisors that give you the best in class opinion. So I think when you look at David Gill, we've always said that it's very easy to talk about when Sir Alex left, that that was a big problem for Man United. But I think the biggest problem was that he lost David Gill. So David Gill was the guy that steered the ship ultimately. And David Gill with, I think, 
David Moyes would have been a lot better. I think in those days, I think Moyes would have had more support and would have had a, a boss that helped him rather than Ed Woodward, who was, you know, fresh out of the uh, out of the mathematics suite to help to become the new boss and CEO at Man United. But it was interesting just to see, wasn't it, them lined up there, is that you've got Gill there, Brailsford in the middle, and Blanc there. It's all so obvious like, what they're trying to show. I don't think we'll see Ratcliffe at these games because it would just create a diversion, wouldn't it? Just more noise and news because Ratcliffe sat there. I'm sure he will be at football matches in maybe boxes away from cameras and whatnot in the weeks ahead. Um, but it's interesting what Brailsford wants to do here is that, you know, he's trying to create this, like you use the word culture again, and, and this is what culture is about. It's about having people who push the standard every single day of the week, every single day. David Gill is that kind of person. I'm sure he'll be advising that. I'm sure he'll be saying, that guy that took my job, Ed Woodward, yeah, don't do it like that in the next 10 years. End of line. That's that. And and we all think the same thing, don't we? So it'll be up to Brailsford now, I think, to find that that magic formula to get that 1% incremental gain every single day of the week at Man United. They're obviously building. I'm, I've seen a lot of criticism for, oh, well, Dave Brailsford's come from cycling and that kind of thing. What makes you think he can make a football team work? Yeah. Well, the whole point of this is that they're going to hire football people who know how to make football teams work. Yeah. Like Dan Ashworth is... We we talked about this, Rob, six how long ago? Six weeks ago? Yeah. But kind of before before this, you know, before this was kind of a, a thing. Some criticism for it as well. But hmm. we reported it a long time ago now. And it appears that Dan Ashworth is the one that Brailsford wants. Not guaranteeing that they will get him, obviously. There's a lot of uh, hoops to run through this kind of thing. But they're obviously still deciding on what kind of football structure they will implement at the club. Jean-Claude Blanc is going to play a big role in that. He was sat yeah. there. <clears throat> so the is that the first time we've seen him at a game? No, do you know what? With, we've you, know, noticed. The old, you know, the old Trafford photographs that were, that, that were leaked out only like last week when Ratcliffe was there and just so happens that Blanc was kind of in the background of some of those shots. Oh, no, I saw he was there in terms like, of a game like, itself. Like, even though he's not been, even though it's not like official, 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 it's pretty clear what he's doing. <laughs> so he, yeah. I think you'll see him more at games now, just like he was at PSG and, and Juve. He was always a visible face. And and he's going to be quite a public face as well, like in terms of the talking. Like he will mm -hmm. he will take some of that away from Brailsford. Brailsford won't have to do it all himself and Ratcliffe won't have to do it himself. You'll, you'll find that Blanc will, I think the seniority will, will kind of shine through in the weeks ahead so yeah we'll see more at football matches now i'm sure yeah so it's all about putting the right structure in place to get everything that you see on the pitch mm. the rashford bad habits and the yeah. attitude you put the people in place that will ensure that those things correct and change mm. and uh, i think you're seeing a group of people there that have vast experience in sport getting sporting teams to perform a lot better yeah. uh, so I think that that's what the encouraging thing is and obviously we see David Gill in there as well which I thought was quite interesting and worth a mention on the pod uh, we'll wrap up the uh, quicker show for us today uh, any any final thoughts before we do Rob no I, th I think just to kind of cap off the inner side of it and we've talked a lot about Marcus today if I am Dave Brailsford I am talking to every individual football at Man United I'm not just kind of talking to the manager and then letting that go through with delegation I would be sitting down with Marcus and saying Marcus, you're on a ton of money here, right? We're going to be clearing contracts out in the next year or two. If you want to stay at Man United, 
yeah, you can still keep this contract. We have to honour it. But you better be scoring goals. You better be playing better. And you better make sure this doesn't look so unhappy on a football pitch because it's not a good look. So we need more from you. We need better body language. We need better results. We need better productivity. And if not, we will be listening to offers for you. I'm fine with that. I think that should be how it is for absolutely every footballer at United. And I think that's exactly what Brailsford will do. Yeah, we'll be back before the Tottenham game. It seems like Tottenham are making some new signings. A central defender probably in line to make his debut at Old Trafford on Stand Sunday. Forward. And also Timo Werner as well. <laughs> the uh, the player that... I don't know, mm. I just had this feeling he'd end up joining United. Well, United turned him down. So he was offered to United and United said no. So that's I, I'm all right with that. Like, I think I did say on the show or I, I tweeted... That I don't. I think I tweeted it actually. I did a big long tweet and said Tim Werner's not the answer. So Tim Werner might go to Spurs, you know, Scott, and be really good. Like I think playing off Sun at the end of the season and with Richarlison, it's a better mix. I think at Man United, Tim Werner would have got you a big fat zero in goals because United don't really do all that. He can play on a counter press call. He'll probably score against us now, obviously. Like now I've said this, but I, I think Tim Werner wants to get in that Germany squad and that's why he's coming to the Premier League. I don't think he's what we need. I think we need other types of footballers rather than Timo Werner. That would be going backwards for me. Just before we go, what what other types of footballers in January? I, I think, you, 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 you know what you need to do, Scott? You need to build the intelligence levels at Man United. What do I call our players all the time off camera to you? Idiots. Yeah, quite often they are idiots and idiotic. I felt against Wigan, some of that performance last night was, again, idiotic. Like, just do some of the normal stuff. So in the transfer market, that's who you got to go buy. Go buy some intelligent footballers that can kind of look after themselves on a football pitch. Like, they don't need telling every five minutes. And you need to get that blend. That's a long-term gain as well, Scott. It's not just in January. But I don't know, who do you want, Scott? Who are you looking at? Like, we talk about scouting quite a lot. What kind of player would you go and buy tomorrow if it wasn't I wouldn't sign anyone this month. You wouldn't sign anyone? No. I, I think that's fair. Not the popular. They will. <laughs> <laughs> I can Eric see Maxim, Chupa Moting. Well, that's who you're going to probably end up with, like being completely honest. So that's a show to come. Yeah. And there is some logic in why you would bring in a player like that. But for me, like you saw last night, didn't you, that, that Hoyland missed three big opportunities. Maybe just focus on getting him more opportunities. Maybe just play a style of football that means that your actual centre forward gets more of the ball in the six-yard area because he will score one, then he'll score two, then he'll score five, and he'll be off to the races. So I think, again, last night watching that game, I did think a lot about Harry Kane again. I thought, well, Harry Kane with those three chances gets a hat-trick. So that's where you would like to be, I think, in a year. That's not necessarily where Hoyland will be, but that's where you need to be as a football club with players that can just put the ball in the net from opportunities. So. Let's see. Let's see where you go. But I'm with you there, Scott. If we didn't make one signing, I wouldn't think that that would be a disaster. But they will make signings. I think that this administration wants to be able to bring in new players and and show that they can make a difference. I think the world will melt down if they don't sign anyone. But anyway, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Don't sign Bernard. Like don't 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 just sign players like last year for the sake of it. Like you signed Sabitz, you signed Vegas because you kind of felt you had to. Don't do that this year. Just sign players that make you better. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube as well. 
the Promise Land of Man United podcast. Like the video, subscribe, leave a comment, hit the notification bell, and subscribe on audio, Apple, and Spotify are where you can find us generally. Follow us on social media as well at double underscore Scott Saunders on X, Instagram, TikTok, and at underscore Rob underscore B on X and YouTube. TPL MUFC for the show as well. Until later this week, we'll be back on Friday to look ahead to the Spurs game and talk about whatever has happened in the transfer market in the days between the two shows. Until next time, everyone, thanks for listening or watching. See you soon for another Promised Land podcast.